Welcome to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel, where you will receive the essential tools to take your faith to the next level. I am your host, Brian Ratliff, and I currently pastor Clearbrook Baptist Church in Roanoke, Virginia. Here is the latest message preached from one of our services. Grab your Bible, pen, notepad, and get ready to jumpstart your faith. All right, what's up guys and gals? It's your boy, Pastor Brian here. Um, I'm so pumped to uh, share with you. I got a a good, new good friend of mine named Lloyd Hammond, a missionary, specifically a Bible translator, going to some of the unreached people groups of the Asia continent. But with all that in mind, I have a game that I want to play. But first of all, what's up, Lloyd? Hey, how's it going? Yeah, man, it's great, man. Thanks for collaborating with this episode. Um, uh, I'm excited about it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. So so before we get into stuff about you and stuff, I have a game I want to play, Would You Rather? And the first one on my list is, would you rather have an iPhone or an Android? Oh, man. Um, probably Android because it's what I'm more used to. Oh, I don't man. have enough money for that iPhone because <laughs> then you have to get the other Apple products that go with it. Yeah, I hear you. They all work together. So to if you weren't money. buying the phone, which one oh, would you yeah. choose? Yeah, probably Apple. Oh, that's right, I thought. Yeah. yeah, that's my man right there. <laughs> my first cell phone was an Android. Samsung Gal- My first smartphone was a Samsung Galaxy 3. <laughs> <laughs> then I switched to the iPhone at 6. Yeah. And I've just been iPhone all the mm-hmm. way ever since. So mm-hmm. I just love it. And um, It's pretty nice and streamlined. It is. It's. I feel like it's a lot more simpler to use yeah. than some of the Android stuff. But, but anyways, number two. Number two. Would you rather... Live on the East Coast of America or the West Coast? Oh, man. After going to California last month, I'm, I have to say West <laughs> yes, Coast. Yes, dude, my if man. If someone else is paying, my man, someone else is paying those bills. What part of, of the West Coast? Southern California. Yes, Orange you, County. A man after my own heart, man. So you are actually from L.A. Born born in the Valley. Born mm-hmm. in the Valley. Mm-hmm. Wow. But you don't remember much of it. Not much. Okay. Not much. Well... You know, that's a mission field in of itself. Yeah. So maybe maybe God will call you there one day. <laughs> for retirement, maybe. <laughs> you never know. All right. So the last one I got for you, this one is this one is tricky. Um, but I feel like that that if we really are honest with ourselves, there's really only one choice. But anyways, would you rather have one billion dollars and no love or have true love and be broke as a joke? True love broke his joke. <laughs> yeah, I feel like... Because if people love you a little bit, they'll bill you out. Yeah, But man. if you got a billion dollars but no love, you're just in this this codger sitting alone. That's right. Wrapped up in a blanket and no one loves you. Exactly. Like, you could pay somebody to love you, yeah. but they don't really love you. Um, but, oh man, just go on a bad date and you might think yeah. otherwise. But, but seriously though, man, um, yeah, I mean, I feel like that the most wealthy people on the planet are those who have a solid... Marriage mm-hmm. and family, but yeah. all that is behind us now with our game. And uh, so, so tell everybody a little bit about uh, who you are, and um, you know what you're doing, just briefly. Yeah. So I am a Bible translator, serving with Worldview Ministries, a ministry of Faith Baptist in Avon, Indiana. And our goal is to get the Bible into languages. Uh, especially languages that do not have a good translation or maybe any translation of the scriptures in that language. Wow. 
Cool. That's so cool. I'm, I'm looking on your prayer card here in the back. It just talks about how you guys, I guess it's it's more of a team effort, and right. you guys are involved in planning churches, mm-hmm. discipling converts, scripture translation. That's your focus. Sure. Then um, uttermost focus. So I guess that's evangelism, mm-hmm. the Great Commission, and then worship of God. So, I mean, I like mm-hmm. the fivefold purpose you guys yeah, got Yeah, it's all integrated on. together. Those yeah. are our core values. That's cool. But when you go, mm-hmm. you're not necessarily going to be a pastor. You're going to no. be a Bible translator. Right. Like you're going to be devoted fully right. to translating the Word of God. Right. Helping, wow. helping church planners, paving the way for them, really. Very cool, man. Well, just to help um, everybody get to know you a little bit better, mm-hmm. w- would you mind sharing your testimony, like how you sure. became a Christian? Sure, yeah. So uh, my parents came to faith in their uh, younger years. My mom was a teenager. My dad was a young man, uh, 22 years old. And so I grew up in a Christian home, but obviously that doesn't get anyone to heaven. Um, when I was five and a half years old, we were um, doing, we were homeschooled, all of us. And before we started our schoolwork, we would have a devotion time, time of Bible story and some songs and prayer. And uh, that morning when I was five and a half, January 10th, 1996, uh, my mom was reading the, in the Bible story book about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And I realized that I was guilty before God, that I had wow. broken his law mm. and that I felt the weight of my sin and the, the guilt of it. And it wasn't anything my mom was saying to manipulate that. It was completely the Holy Spirit doing mm. that. She didn't really know that it was not just a regular morning time in the Bible, that God was really working my heart. And so wow. I don't know what all I said, but I let her know that I needed Jesus. And she showed me some scripture and helped me accept him right then and there. Um, and I put my faith in, in Jesus Christ, not in what I had done. And I remember after accepting Jesus, the weight of my sin was released. Amen. So how old were you? I felt that release and that forgiveness and that new life. Five and a half. Five and a half years old. Dude, that's awesome, man. You know, I heard one preacher say one time that if a three-year-old can accept Christ as Savior, a three-year-old can die and go to hell. Mm. And so our five and a half year old. Mm -hmm. So it's it's just really cool to hear how you got saved at such a young age. And uh, there was a hunger for the word after that. No that joke. Was noticeable. Huh? Mm-hmm. Wow. And I was just beginning to learn to read around that time. Mm. But um, especially in the next year when I was able to start reading the Bible on my own, my mom would walk by and see me reading my Bible and stuff. And it broke her heart because she knew that I was probably going to have a hard life as a missionary. And here I am. Wow. <laughs> it's you know, not been a hard life yet. Mm. But, you know, who, who knows what the will of God will hold for me. But I know that it's, of course, his plan is always his best. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, you know, I, I like to say it like this. It's not about age. It's about stage. Mm. And so it doesn't matter if you're eight-year-old like Josiah in the Old Testament mm-hmm. or if you're an 80-year-old Moses leading the people of Israel. You know, God can use you wherever you are and it's so cool to hear how you submitted yourself to the will of god to the word of god to the ways of god at such a young age man that's awesome and i had some really good parents that fostered fostered that it sounds like it kept us in church and involved that's good i know that um conservative baptist churches like ours get Uh such a bad 
uh, uh, taste, but but man, to mm-hmm. know that there are the real deal sold mm-hmm. out men and women who love God and want yeah. want to train their children in the ways right. of God is just refreshing, man. That's right. so cool. Now, so you got saved at such a young age. What about your call to ministry, yeah. like our call to preach? As they sure. say, sure. How does that yeah. how did that happen? And, and tell us about that. Sure. Uh, when I was, uh, you know, a kid, middle age, uh, middle middle school age, maybe if you will, didn't really know what I was going to do. Had some interests, but wasn't really like I'm going to be this or I'm going to be that. Uh, my pastor thought that uh, he could see God's hand on my life, but I, I wasn't sure what exactly that was, what was going to turn out with that, or anything really. But when I was 13. We took a family vacation to Spain. My dad loves to travel, so we've been to a lot of different, a lot of different countries. And as kids, uh, we got we kids got to go along for the ride. Sounds luxurious. World travelers on a budget. He would um, as a homeschooling family, we could go during the off season. And oh, gotcha. uh, You know, he'd not stay in the fancy hotels, but more along the lines of the local economy and everything so that's cool you can do europe on a budget it's possible. i believe god was preparing you for missions <laughs> that way but anyway so 12 days in spain and we saw only two gospel preaching churches wow the, the country is really catholic they never really had the reformation it was kind of oh, okay. stamped, stamped out of uh and really they're catholic and post Catholic, post-Christian, post-modern. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so like very, church, Jesus is all gone. Yeah, and so you have very few gospel-preaching churches in 12 days of being in various parts of the country we only saw. And God used that to really burden my me about missions, and he were, used that experience to really call me to missions, but I wasn't sure exactly where. I thought maybe Spain didn't have a clear... Um, I can nail my nail this down that I'm going there, you know, mm-hmm. sort of deal. Um, then when I was 18 or 17, almost 18, a senior in high school, homeschool, about to graduate from homeschool, a man in my church that I had done men's prayer meeting with and outreach with gave me a book called Thinking Outside the Box mm. uh, by Dr. Charles Keene. And wow. this book... Uh, that man's a great man. Yeah, yeah. He's created a lot of awareness for Bible translation and unreached people groups, which we'll talk about what that means. But he wrote a book called Think Outside the Box. And this book, the main thesis was in our circles of churches, we have focused so much on 15 different countries that have had a lot of gospel money and missionaries and investment poured into them. But there are over 200 countries on earth, and these 15 countries have, for all intents and purposes, they are reached in the sense, not that everyone there is a believer, but that they've had a lot of churches and missionaries and things like that. Whereas unreached people groups have had so little so little gospel attention, so little um, missions money, so few of them have the Bible in their languages. And so he was calling us to become aware and do something about this lopsided nature of missions, our mission strategy in our circle Mm. of churches, conservative Baptist churches. Wow. So God used that as well as um, my first semester of Bible college, there was confirmation after confirmation. I kept coming across these Bible translators who were visiting campus and speaking in the class, in my missions classes and things like that. I had one of them stay in my dorm. I had, um, I had lunch across from one of them and 
my admissions professor was gung-ho for Bible translation. So it just was uh, all these confirmations about God wants me to do this, to be a Bible translator and to get the training I need to do that. Wow. Well, that's kind of a neat, neat thing of how God worked in your life to pursue ministry mm-hmm. and then to connect it with a Bible translator. So you were a, uh, just in Bible, you were 18, you were, yeah. 18. freshman, first semester, yeah, 11 years ago. Okay, wow. So, and God called you to be a Bible translator then, right? Yeah, that whole year, that whole 2008. Year. Yeah. Wow. Starting with that book and con- being confirmed through the first well, semester dude, of fall. That's that's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, just a man. Man, I, I've always had a special burden for Bible uh-huh. translation. I might have told you this before. I think I did, but if not, I'll t- say it again. But when I was, a, I think I was a junior in college, I was taking Greek in Bible college mm-hmm. and um, took all the semesters of Greek and and there was a professor there who was a Bible translator and uh, I'm like you know what I'm gonna if, if I'll graduate next year from my senior year and I'll do his linguistics master course and you remember I read his name I might know Dr. Him. Fisher Dr. Okay. Alan Fisher okay yeah and and maybe I didn't tell you this but okay. I read Brushko okay. when I was in I'm telling you I know that a lot of people criticize small independent Bible colleges uh-huh. but man I experienced revival yeah. and the Holy Spirit of God setting my soul on and fire tell them who Brushko Brushko, Brushko was. was just a young dude who went to um, I believe it was uh, South America. The Amazon, probably. The Amazon. Yeah. And he goes there and learns a language to these Indian mm-hmm. tribes, mm-hmm. these people that were like so far back in the Stone yeah. Ages that, yeah. that, they, that they killed people. Yeah. And long story short, after so many trials, he 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 almost dies a couple times, mm-hmm. but he learns their language, figure, figures out the way to translate the Bible into their home native language, yeah. and tell them about how Jesus is the pathway yeah. to God. Yeah. He is the path. He is the trail. Uh-huh. Is how he used uh-huh. it, and it's just so cool. And, and through all that, through the Greek, I was like, you know what? The greatest thing that I could do is to take God's word and translate it to another language. So I was beginning to prepare mm. myself. Okay. But um, that that linguistics master course was only offered one year. It was oh, when man. I was a junior. Oh. And so through the course of events, my senior year is sure. when the church here in Roanoke called me. But yeah. I have a, since then I've had a special burden mm. to get God's word or to partner with people mm-hmm. who are Bible translators. So uh, mm-hmm. we support uh, a guy down in uh, Papua New Guinea, Tim Hawes. Okay. And he's a Bible translator You're like yourself. Great. But anyway, so I say that to say that, man, I'm excited of how God is at work in your life. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to help you get there. And God can use you and other um, pastors with a heart for Bible translation to really give this call to awareness and this excitement and to motivate their people and their circles of influence. Exactly. Yeah. We need you guys. Hold yeah. the ropes for us. Well, absolutely. And 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 I feel like that that so many times in uh, churches in America, mm-hmm. it's it's like that mentality like us for no more. So right. like like if it's benefiting me and my church, we're going to do it. But yeah. see, this is actually benefiting the universal church, yeah. you know, the whole body of Christ mm-hmm. and the potential of reaching that one and a half billion people mm-hmm. who don't have God's word. And right. speaking of that, yeah. I want you to share what you sure. shared at my church yeah. um, about the stats that you, uh, you, 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 you rattle them off for us real fast. Well, and what's funny um, was the stats that I shared at your church about a month and a half ago 
have been updated. Every yeah, yeah. single October, they are updated because nice. as new, as more research is happening Darn. and Bible uh, translations are being completed and languages are being discovered or reanalyzed, these numbers are, are in fluctuation. Mm. And it's kind of neat to see. So there are 7,353 languages on earth today. Languages. 698 of them, so less than 10%, have the full Bible. Wow. Just under 700 out of 7,353 have cover to cover Genesis to Revelation. 1,548 languages have just the New Testament. Mm -hmm. 1,138 languages have portions, maybe a book of the Bible, maybe the Gospel of Luke. And then oftentimes they'll get the Jesus film made after they get the Gospel of Luke translated. Maybe just chapters or a set of books. Just it's in progress. They haven't gotten the New Testament yet. Certainly not the Old Testament completed. So that leaves us with 3,384 languages that have some scripture ranging from a portion of scripture all the way to the full Bible. Less than half of the languages in the world have even scripture in that language 3969 languages have no scripture now granted the languages with the full bible the 698 languages with the full bible they do cover five about 5.6 billion people and the population is population statistics are a little variant yeah sure. variant. it's not an exact right but uh, so that about 1.5 billion people do not have a full Bible. And out of that one point one and a half billion, one, yeah, how many of them do not have the Bible at all? I don't have the Bible. 252 have no scripture. 252 million. million. Mm -hmm. So the population of the United States is something somewhere around 330 million. So almost the entire populace of right. the United States right. does not have the Bible, right, period. period. Not even John 3.16. Yeah, well, maybe verse here and there, but yeah, no, nothing to speak of, yeah. Man. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, mm -hmm. we've come a long ways. Yeah. But still, that's a mm -hmm. billion and a half people who mm -hmm. need the whole New Testament, need the Old Testament. Right. Wow. Right. So for those of the... Is there any more statistics you have there? Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, in under these 3,969... Um, 707 languages do have work in progress. So these languages with no scripture, 707 have someone on the ground where there is work in progress. 1,147 languages are not vital enough. Basically, the language is going to go extinct before we could get there and really make a difference. The people mm -hmm. are no longer passing the language down. They've sw they're switching or have switched basically to another language and only the really old people are speaking it or and even some of them are forgetting it. So language vitality is a whole nother discussion. Sometimes these languages could be preserved and kept from going extinct if we could get to the Bible translated and, and that could actually raise the status of the language. But be that as it may, 2,115 languages need translation to begin and there's no one working on them wow two thousand languages two thousand languages nobody's working no one's on. where they need it they, they won't die out by the time we can get there and you know they're still strong that they, they need a bible translation to start but no one's been starting it 2115 languages i just I, wow yeah 
And, you know, it's funny to go into these churches and ask people just for fun, how many languages are in the world today? 150, <laughs> 500, 7,000. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's insane. And 3,500 of them, no, 2,000 don't have the Bible, period. Uh, and they, yeah, they need translation begin. There's no work going on. Their language wow. is strong, you know, and that covers 171 million people. Okay, so that 1.5 mm-hmm. billion people, right. is that what is called unreached people groups? Yeah, there's there's strong overlap, between, correlation between not having the Bible and being unreached. Okay. All right, so... Elaborate not, on that. Yeah, so Christianity is... A, is for lack of a better term, a religion based on the Bible, all right? It's a set of beliefs that is drawn from the Bible. We follow the Bible as Christians, all right? So those people who do not have the Bible in their language, how are they going to know who Jesus is, who God is, what creation is, what 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 the whole story of the Bible is? That's what we base Christianity on. And, and so if they don't have the Bible in their language... It, the Christianity will seem so foreign. They might have heard of Jesus. Some of them have never heard the name of Jesus. But beyond just hearing the name, understanding what what it what it means, the the gospel, and so most people that we consider unreached people groups have very very little exposure to Christianity. Usually, don't have the Bible in their language. Usually, don't have much missions or any missionaries living among them, sharing with them about Jesus. It all kind of bundles together. It's like these things go hand in hand. Hmm. So, wow. There are some unreached people groups that they have a Bible translated into their language, but there's not really anyone on the ground or not enough people on the ground actually using that Bible translation. In, in essence, it's sitting on a shelf, which is sad. Huh. So I know, I know there's really no way to know this, but yeah, out of, out of the, that 260 million... 252 million no scripture. 250 yeah. million no scripture. Yeah, in their language. How many of yeah. them have ever heard about Jesus? Do we know that? Do we know that statistic, or is that mm-hmm. something we don't really yeah, know? Of? It's hard to, hard to quantify. Okay. Yeah. How about the 1.1.5 billion people? Like, of, yeah. Of, is there any way well, to know how many of them yeah. have heard of Jesus? Well, there's the thing. Our world is becoming more and more multilingual, but there's a difference between, if I were to tell you about Jesus and Cruz, you know, Jesus and cross in Spanish. You've mm-hmm. had some exposure to Spanish, I'm sure, living yeah, yeah, here yeah, yeah. in the South. Yeah. But I that's take it really... High school. Yeah, but that's not what you're... If you have a dream at night, it's not going to be in Spanish. No. If you are going to, um, you know, p- talk to your family, it's not going to be in Spanish. No. You know, it's not the language you're living in. So you might have had a little bit of exposure. You know that Jesus is the Spanish name for Jesus. But that's not, you're not going to be living in that language and receiving truth for you that this is for me, this is in my language, this is my identity, if it's in, so, it's in someone else's language. Hmm. And so multilingualism um, is becoming more pervasive, but still, there is, even for someone who speaks two or three different languages, there is still something about having it in their language they understand best, that, wow. they, that they use best. And sometimes they might use two or three, and they're all at the same level playing field, all right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but if their first language, the language they are most, that's most dominant or most um, pervasive in their identity and their heart, 
does not have the Bible in that language, often Christianity can be put at arm's length. Oh, that's for those people. We have our language, our culture, our religion, our history, our heritage Hmm. in our language. It's all wrapped up. Interesting. Well, I uh, want to share this. Um, Martin Luther, you know, the reformer, right. one of the reformers, in 1517, uh-huh. October 31st, he nailed the 95 Thesis to the Catholic Church. Right. But then he started after that. I, I think my chronology is correct. After that, he started his work on the German mm-hmm. translation of the mm-hmm. Bible, and it's still a translation they use today. Yeah. Yeah, so five hundred years later. Five hundred <laughs> years. Five hundred years later. Yeah, yeah. So just imagine the every person who picks up that Bible right. in German mm-hmm. is benefiting. Is benefiting yeah. from the work that he did. Right. Not not necessarily the pastor who preached from it, mm-hmm. but the physical aspect of having that Bible. So imagine, imagine. Talk about passive income, uh-huh. but. Passive eternal income, right? Dividends, dividends, like like rewards, <laughs> compounding rewards, interest, compounding interest on that account, on yeah. Martin Luther's account. Imagine all the people yeah. who's going to his account who just picked up the Bible and read it and got saved, right. and changed life. Mm-hmm. And think about the opportunity at your hands. So my question for you is this: If you had one or two minutes to yeah. talk to somebody about Bible translation, uh-huh. what would you tell them? How could you know about Jesus without the Bible? How could there be a church, a strong church without the Bible? How could you even get anything off the ground without the Bible? It's foundational. It's, it's, it's the bottom story of anything else we want to do, any sort of building of any sort of work for God depends on the Bible because that's, that's, we preach Jesus and hmm. it's his word that's going to, Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, Romans ten seventeen. And mm-hmm. if you ever want the gospel to really soak in and nourish disciples of Jesus, it's got to be in their language. Otherwise, wow. they're just taking your word for it. If they wow. cannot hold in their hands and, and be just like those Bereans that search the scriptures mm-hmm. to right. check, to fact check the apostles, mm-hmm. you know, whether the things that they were saying matched up. You know, it, it's going to always be the white man's religion. And when he comes and when he goes, it will tend to dwindle. Uh, when If it cannot be theirs, if they cannot have ownership. We talk a lot about ownership and empowerment and individual initiative. What better empowerment than to give people the precious treasure that's changed our lives mm. and that we you know, have such a strong American church. With all our problems, yes. But for hundreds of years, we've had the Bible in our in our language. Wow. And, you know, I think about that verse in Romans, Romans 10, where it says, Faith comes by hearing mm-hmm. and hearing by the Word of God. We would not know about Jesus if we didn't have the Word in our language. Right. And so, man, so there's so much work to be done. Those statistics just rock my world, man. Yeah. So let, let's see. Um, what, are, what would be... Um, some parting words of advice that you would give to somebody about Bible translation before we kind of land this plane. Sure. It's not going to be a quick work. It's not going to be easy. It's going to leave you sometimes with more questions than answers, but stay with it. Hmm. William Carey, one of the Bible translator heroes who did dozen, was involved in dozens of translations in India said, I'm a plotter. I can plod. 
one step after the other. Hmm. And his original translation was thrown in the fire. Either I can't remember if it was by accident or on purpose. It burned, literally burned up. Hmm. And he had to start over from scratch, but it was better the second time. Wow. And he had that endurance. Hmm. So, yeah. So just keep the course. Yeah. Stay the it's thing. not going to be uh, a pleasure trip, you know. It's wow. not going to be exciting. Most days will be just regular work, details. Uh, routine in uh, sometimes, but don't let don't lose heart. Hmm. You're plowing. <laughs> wow. Um, well, for those of you who might be listening who don't know, um, Lloyd is on deputation right now, uh, raising support. And so, what I would like for you as a listener to do is to do two things. Number one, pray that God would use Lloyd to advance His Word. In the areas that God's called him in the Asia area, um, in a timely fashion, and then secondly, pray that God would ask God and say, "God, how can I help this young man translate your word to another language? If that means financially, if that just means adding him to your prayer list every day, but pray that God would provide for his needs. Because listen, man, it takes money." to go overseas, to live, to learn the language, mm-hmm. and then... Languages. To, languages. Uh, lots of them. <laughs> so, so you have done the study. You've been yeah. to Bible college. Mm-hmm. You've been to seminary. You've done the training with Worldview. Now you're Linguistic working. school. You've yeah. done all of mm-hmm. it. And see, we have a great opportunity to partner with you. Mm-hmm. So um, our church has prayed about it. And I, I would encourage, if you're listening and you're part of a church, to you pray about it individually, pray about it as your church. But So how if somebody wants to help you financially and prayerfully, right. and they want to contact you, how can they contact you? Right. Um, so my number is 470-216-2043. You can reach out to me through Facebook, Lloyd William. Or uh, email Lloyd at translatorlinguist.com. Awesome. And uh, you can reach me at oh, through Worldview as well. Our website is worldviewonline.net. Nice. Worldviewonline.net. And there's uh, online giving options as well. And just designate me. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Cool. It'll awesome. go straight. There's no overhead that they take out. They do that as a gracious service to us. How they, about an they, email that somebody can email you? Did you say that already? Yes. Okay. Yes. okay. All right. Just make sure. Um, I'll, I'll include the email down below in the, uh, in the description of Thank this you. podcast for sure and in some of the other contexts. But, but listen, seriously, um, next time you open up your Bible, thank God yeah. that there was a committee of translators right. who dedicated their lives to translate the Bible into English. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Lloyd, thanks so much for coming on the, the podcast thanks today. Thanks for having me. Man, thanks I'm for ex- me presenting your church. Yeah, man, and we're excited to how a partnering along with you yeah. and excited to see what God's going to do in you and through you in the days to come. Um, so be sure to check out the stuff uh, on Lloyd in the, in the, stuff in the um, description below. And um, until next time, may God's blessings be upon you, and I'll hit you guys up soon. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel. As a token of my appreciation for you listening today, I would like to give you my free ebook devotional called Jumpstart Your Faith, 30 Days to a Renewed Faith in Christ. Just go to www.pastorbrianratliff.com to download it. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast channel to listen to more messages like today's. And if these messages have been helpful to you, please leave a review. If I could be of any help in your spiritual walk, 
please let me know by emailing me at pastorbrianratliff at yahoo.com. And one last thing, if you're in Roanoke, please consider joining us for one of our worship services at Clearbrook Baptist Church. Until next time, may God's blessings be upon you and have a great week.